Movies. Hi and welcome to the Badly Awesome Movies Podcast. I'm your host Justin along with my fellow co-host Ben. Hey Ben. Hello Justin, how are we going this month? What are we in? Nearly the middle of July. We are. We've um, delayed the recording a little bit just because life happens. Um, speaking of which, what have you been up to? I've been crook. My back's been all fucked up. <laughs> like, not anything specific from wrestling or just just part of being old. Like, I've had these, like, sciatica, like, pinched nerve problems on and off for, like, the last, God, maybe 10 years or something at this point. And I've been on a fairly good run of not having any issues, but lately it's it's been coming and going. I had to have Monday off work last week. Today's Sunday, the, the Sunday mm-hmm. following it. And then yesterday at wrestling... I had like a week off wrestling training as well, just to sort of rest up. I've been seeing a physio every two weeks. Went mm-hmm. to the doctor. The doctor was absolutely useless. Um, I've bought an in- inversion table. Do you, do you know what an inversion table is? I assume it's something that inverts you, but other than that, yes, I have no it is. Idea. It's like a a deck chair or something that you'd stand up in, lean back, and then you somehow flip. It. I haven't. It hasn't arrived yet. Yep. And so then it flips you. So your head's not vertical, not completely upside down, but you're in a bit of an angle. I don't know what yep. what degree angle it is. Um, sort of like it's meant so. To be so cool. like if you're lying on a seesaw with your head yeah. pointed down, sort yeah, of but thing. much yep. more of a higher angle. And so the doctor, like it's like at this point, <laughs> I'm willing to try anything to make myself yep. go longer than five days without it just going back to being shit again. So yeah, the doctor's like get an inversion table. So I've bought one and. You meant to like flip yourself upside down. He goes, I do it for like 15 minutes directly, immediately before getting into bed for the night. Because then when you, you know, when you're up and about during the day, you get shorter as the day goes over because you're sort of compressing things to, to gravity. Mm-hmm. But if you sort of help separate the the spine and whatnot, all the, the vertebrae in it, and then lay down directly afterwards, then it's going to, um, you know, you, the body can sort of recuperate and, and heal so I'm willing to give that a shot. It only cost $174 with postage. Like these things like go up to like $1,000. And from what yep. I can tell, they all do the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> so I bought this one off Catch of the Day. Still waiting for it to arrive. And the doctor's like, all right, do all these exercises. Get like a, a fit ball, one of like the um, inflatable gym balls, which yep. you know, I do a lot of gym stuff. I have pretty um, extensive uh, home gym. Don't have one of those until now. And yep. like, do all these hyper extensions, blah, blah, blah. Uh, the physio specifically told me not to do these. And he goes, oh, I don't listen to the physio. Do this. And I was like, all right, I'm doing, I'm going to do everything. Just anything to make this better. Yep. And then, yeah, so yesterday at wrestling training, there's a, all the, one of the matches has been announced for our show on August 14th. So we, mm-hmm. there was like a eight week break between shows at this point. We did go three months in a row. And someone, was, <laughs> I was asking one of the other wrestlers, like, Oh, so is it going to be like only uh, five matches because there's the 30-minute the Iron Man match? He goes, oh, don't you know the card yet? And I go, no. He was like, oh, well, you're wrestling. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, mean, I wish the people would tell me this, but I also don't like to to bother the people that run the run the show. I, don't, I never want to be the person that's like, yeah. you know, one so show's who over. Slam, who is Doom Slayer facing? It's not announced yet, but by the time this... Oh, uh, that's fine. Uh, yeah, I'm going to be against Zach Archer. So... Up until the current champion, Zach Archer was the uh, the longest reigning um, Tasmanian heavyweight champion. So he's like been there from the very very beginning. So in like eight years of TCW, like um, yeah. So 
excited to see how that's going to go. And that's going to be the apparently with the opening match on the show, and opening matches equally as important as the main event. So got to sort of get the show off to a, a banging start. So yep. bit of bit of pressure there. As long as my body holds up, I'm I'm really excited to do it. And I was quite happy to not have a match and just at the very least escort out. Uh, Elliot Grayson uh, was his tagging with with Charlie on the show, so they're mm-hmm. both like acquaintances of Doom Slayer. But uh, yeah, so looking forward to all that as long as I'm healthy. Mm. I've got uh, some brand new merchandise. I don't know you're not on Instagram, are you? Currently, no. Well, I've I've got twenty of these black shirts made up of me choking <laughs> out my uh, my nemesis Mike Murphy with a t-shirt, and it says <laughs> because he's the Irish Dragon, and so the shirt yeah. goes. Dragon Slayer, El Hio Dead, Doom Slayer underneath it, and it's black and white picture of me choking him with a t-shirt. So nice. Uh, he didn't. Everybody else knew it was getting made, and not him though. And so I unveiled it in front of him at wrestling training. So it's, I'm like, motherfucker, <laughs> turn around, look at this shirt. It's gonna be a replay of what's about to happen now. So good times, and uh, that's what. Uh, yeah, and I wrestled on the last show. That was a. We had like three days notice that we we're going to be having a match because uh, we had all the travel travel restrictions with Victoria. Yes. So we had three people couldn't come down, so we had to sort of like fill a spot on a three days notice. So that's all of me. I've, I've been talking a long time. You talk for a while. Um, well, I haven't really been doing much. We've had a um, another lockdown for a couple of weeks. Uh didn't go too badly. I spent three weeks working from home, then back to the office wearing a mask. And because I work mostly in the back office uh, and don't see customers except for specific appointments, I can sort of go back and um, not have to wear a mask unless I've got an actual appointment with somebody. So that's not too bad. Uh, Much better than other parts of the country though, which is... Yeah, a bit worrying. Yeah, so Victoria is completely fine right now. Like there's yeah, no, far, there's no, far yeah. as I know. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, we've had a few um, donut days where it's you know, no new cases. There's probably still a couple of active cases, but there's no community transmission or anything like that, which is which is good. Um, the issue is going to be sort of that New South Wales Victoria border. Yeah. Especially places like. Um, Albury-Wodonga and Echuca-Moama where you've got literally the one town but it's split in two by uh, by the Murray River so it's technically over two states um, so that's always a bit tricky for them to manage but um, yeah that um, work from home was, was not too bad a couple of weeks and it was just before um, the end of the financial year so my wife had absolutely no work and I got to lock myself in the office for um, instead of being out in the bloody kitchen where everything was going on which is what happened last time yeah uh, other than that not really too much I've been watching um, Loki on Disney Plus yes we got into that as well last week we have watched the most recent episode but feel free to talk about everything leading up to it for yeah. the first four episodes oh. I won't say too much because um, there might be listeners that haven't watched any of it yet because some people like to watch everything in one session. Yeah, But uh, I I like the way they're going with it. I wasn't too sure um, 
what was going to happen given the first one or two episodes. Uh, the, I guess, short summary without giving too much away is um, when they had the time travel shenanigans in, uh, I think it was Avengers Endgame, where they were going back to get the Infinity Stones, they do sort of an alternative scene where Loki gets his hands on the Tesseract and escapes um, escapes custody and he gets captured by some basically time cops um, that um, take him in and they effectively use him as an agent to help capture someone who is also killing time cops that happens to be um, quite elusive that they're having trouble with and then it sort of expands from there to be much more than um, than it first looks like there's a lot more going on behind the scenes than you first realise so um, interested to see how the series winds up and probably go back and re-watch the first episode or two to see if there's any little easter eggs or um, foretellings that you don't really notice the first time around. Yeah, I prefer these mystery things like in Loki and one. I assume you watched One Division. I did, yes. Yeah, so yeah, like I loved everything in One Division until it was like, of just going to end like a big superhero fight, CG, mm. um, CGI fest or whatever. Um, so I only watched the first episode of Captain uh, Captain America Winter Soldier, whatever the Falcon thing. It's like yep. this is just action stuff. <laughs> like I will get back to it at some point, but I was you know disappointed with that. So I'm disappointed that uh, Loki. What's it only gonna be six episodes this first season? Oh really? Yeah, well, there's only one to go there because uh, I just watched episode five last night. Mm. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see how they wrap it up and the big reveal, um, which you know they're they're definitely heading towards. So that, that'll be interesting. I'm looking forward to that. Um, that's probably the main thing I've been watching. What about you? Actually, I uh, went to the cinema on um, Friday night. We watched Black Widow, my girlfriend, mm-hmm. girlfriend and I. Like, watching it for completionist sake, like, I gave it three out of five on, like, a normal scale of, uh, yep. of review, not our patent-pending uh, Plan 9 uh, score thing. Like, <laughs> my main note from it is, like, the first 30 minutes is like Liam Neeson, shaky cam, generic action film. And then it turns into a Marvel film. It's like, fuck me. This is, this does not feel like a, a Mar- like MCU film. Like this is just so dry and shaky and I'm not interested at all. Uh-huh. And then when um, Florence Pugh's character turns up, then it's like, okay, now here's the, like the MCU comedy has now come into it. And uh, it was, it was, it got a lot better. But yeah, the oh. start was not good, in my opinion. Uh, even one of my friends I saw was watching it yesterday, and must have been watching it uh, on Disney Plus because he was uh, on Facebook writing about it. Which uh, I assume yeah. he's he's not somebody that'll be doing that in a th- movie theater. And he's like, man, these first fifteen minutes, this is uh, a <sighs> not, not very it's not starting very good in this movie. It doesn't feel like MCU. Mm. Yeah, I noticed it was on um, Disney Plus for. Um, an extra $35 and because just just to give people a bit of a comparison the cheap cinemas in our town which is uh, Reading Cinemas do $10 movie tickets so it's effectively the cost of three and a half movie tickets to watch it on Disney Plus 
Uh, it depends on how many people are going to watch it in one mm. sitting, though. Oh, like we don't have like budget cinemas in Launceston. Like we've got an independent one, and that's more expensive than the uh, like the Village Cinema. Mm. And and that's so how, uh, how much did it cost to see it in um, the cinemas for you? It's like sixteen bucks. Yeah. So a little over two tickets then. Yeah. Whereas if it was yeah. my girlfriend and I, and then like one of my kids watched it, they'd say, like, "Well, we could just do it on Disney Plus," you know, mm. kind of thing. But um, it's still good to see yeah. the MCU movies on on the big screen. Uh, what else have I been watching? I made my girlfriend watch the Evangelion stuff, like Neon Genesis Evangelion, which is yep. It's not Bam worthy stuff. Um, I watched. Have you ever seen the Indian in the cupboard? Mid nineties no. film. I, I know of it, but I haven't watched it. I had only ever watched it once before, and that was with my cousin at the movie theater in nineteen ninety five or whatever year it came out in Australia. And I had fond memories of it, and so I rewatched it on. I think I rented it for two dollars on Amazon, and uh, it's like, man, this movie fucking is bad. <laughs> but I still laughed a bit, but like the acting was bad, and like this is like the perfect. So you know the premise of the film? This boy gets like a magical uh, cupboard where he puts a, a Native American figure in it and then like opens it up and it comes to life, like it, as figure size. Yep. Um, then there's certain, one, thi- right? there's certain things that this uh, this boy does that you could splice this movie and make it like into a horror film. Like if you change the music and alter some things like... Like, have you ever seen the Mrs. Doubtfire trailer that somebody, like, it's like, Mrs. Doubtfire as a horror film? I haven't on, seen on the YouTube? Mrs. Doubtfire one, but I have seen a couple of trailers done that way, yeah. Like, you could easily do it for this movie. Like, this kid okay. this kid can come across, he's a psychopath. <laughs> but he's not actually, just you could definitely see it that way. Uh, Point Break, Point Break, the original one. I guess that's a bit of a bad movie, but, you know, still good. Um... Watch the Crossroads. Like, did I don't watch Crossroads, the Britney Spears movie last time we spoke? <laughs> no, you hadn't. Yeah, that's a surprisingly um, adult content in that movie. It's like, man, this is this has got some um, severe subject matter in this movie. Yeah, you wouldn't wouldn't have expected from a Britney Spears like teen mm. coming of age film where one of her friends is pregnant because she got um. Uh, 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 date raped. <laughs> ah. It's like then this is like I was watching it with, with uh, two girls off my um, trivia team, and um, like, man, this really went over my head as a kid. <laughs> I had no idea this was in this movie. <laughs> so it was my first time watching. Uh, how about some video games? Been playing anything? Not really. I um, I picked up. Uh, through Game Pass, Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance, the new, um, uh, I guess, reboot. Oh, is it the... a re- remaster or is it just a, a brand new game? Brand new game. So it's uh, a remake. No, it's a, a reboot rather than a remake. Yeah. Uh, and it sucked. <laughs> okay. It was, I was so disappointed. Like, I'd, I'd played... Um, some of those Dark Alliance games on, um, I think it was PS2 at the time, and um, maybe even PS1. And they were great fun, you know. It was side-scrolling uh, beat-em-ups with um, a Dungeons & Dragons theme and um, really well made. 
And this one, I picked the archer as the you so see basically without going into character names you have a um barbarian with a big ass battle axe uh or, or warm warhammer you have a elf with um twin scimitars you have a dwarf uh that goes in with his axe and then you've got a um human ranger who you know, he's sort of your, your ranged combatant. And I could literally walk up to a camp of baddies, step into the reaction range, shoot, 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 take two steps back, and they wander back to their positions. So the step AI forward. is pretty bad then. Oh, it's ridiculously is, terrible. Is this a, f- a full release, or is it like Invader or anything like that? No, I think it's a full release. Mm. Um, and I go through the entire first level, um, and I get to the very end, and they drop you in an enclosed area with two bosses, um, a couple of lieutenants, and some cannon fodder, and I was playing solo as an archer in an enclosed space with a group of enemies. So is Arch typically like the hardest class to play when you're doing a solo in these types of games? Oh, uh, depends on how the game's designed. Um, Obviously not this one. <laughs> yeah, off. This, this one was like, it was incredibly, ridiculously easy. Like, there was an optional boss mid-level. And I literally just stood on a ledge and shot him until he died. And that was the mini boss taken care of but as soon as you were in a um enclosed area you were stuffed but um yeah i'll I'll try to complete that final um battle six or seven times and just kept getting slaughtered every single time and just went nah i'm done and um exited the level so um went back to the main um homeworld base camp whatever you want to call it where you pick your missions from and it's like okay absolutely nothing you collected in that hour and a half of playing has um carried over you're exactly where you were at the start so what how come because that you didn't complete sorry oh because you didn't complete it okay yeah because you didn't beat the final boss so all these things I'd picked up throughout the the level just didn't come back with me because I didn't beat the final boss, and it auto saved right at the start of that fight, which actually wasn't a bad thing because then I didn't have to repeat any other sections. But yeah, tried about half a dozen times and just got squished every single time and went nuts. Nah, stuff it. But apparently it's designed for um, co-op play rather than single play. So um, it might be a better experience with two or three other people. So you're not going to delete it yet, or you're done? Uh, I won't delete it yet, because it, it'll hopefully get some patches, and I might be able to play it with someone else Yeah. and just, just see how it goes. But yeah, it's, it's not a game I'm going to play solo at this stage, hmm. which is most of how I play. So no Fallout or Oblivion or whatever else you're normally playing this, this time around? No, no, I'm mostly up to speed. I've found a, um, a 
different Dungeons and Dragons game called uh, something ridiculous. Uh, it's called Solasta Chronicles of the Magistia. Oh my god! Yeah. Um, but it is a game that has gotten the license to use the D and D rule set. So, um, and it was a, a Kickstarter game, but it's basically a um, turn-based combat Dungeons and Dragons dungeon crawler. And I've really enjoyed what I've played of it, but I've just um, got to get back in there and put some more hours in. But uh, yeah, it covers all of the little rules from Dungeons and Dragons that um, you have in the tabletop game. And it's translated them to um, to a, a PC game. So you've got things like uh, if you take a short rest during the day, some you know, like just stop for an hour or so to you know, recover a little bit in between section one and section two, you can regain some of your health and some of your abilities, but not everything. Uh, it has different spells, so you can cast you know, Fireball and Magic Missile. And the design's quite good when it comes to tactics because you've got things like um, light sources, so those pe- characters that can't see in the dark can't attack certain people unless there's a light source. Uh, cover, range... Um, interactable objects and and stuff like that as well so if you're in a um cave for example you could take a stalactite and hit it with a ranged attack to drop it onto somebody underneath and and things like that so it's, it's got quite a bit of freedom to be yeah. imaginative then okay yeah and and yeah, different ways to approach combat and um things like that you make a party of four characters and there's I think six different races and six different classes to choose from so you can mix things up sounds interesting for you like <laughs> this is not this yeah, is oh, not, this is not in my ballpark at all but it definitely sounds like something that uh, you're enjoying you all right yep um well um Jenny's just come in um i've got to um She's got to use something. Just give me one minute. I'll be back in a sec. Sorry about that. That's right. Um, As I mentioned to you off air, it's um, tax season at the moment, and she's had someone um, book in urgently for four o'clock today. So, oh okay. um, Just wanted to make sure we weren't going to run over. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, because the Rocketeer is nothing to say. About. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to say this right now. Um, I hadn't updated Audacity in years, and so yep. I went from two point oh five to three point oh two, the current one. And it's oh, like no. everything looks different. It seems to be running way better. Like I haven't had to edit anything yet. Yeah. Um, and I've been doing so like. So what are you? Three point oh two. Oh two. Okay. Um, I was trying to find out what what date the old one was but I couldn't sort of go back and I was, I was trying to find details on that but I, I couldn't see it but it's, it must be like three or four years since I've actually updated Audacity yeah so hopefully all my editing goes a lot quicker now 
Uh, now, apparently, I'll, um, I'm, I'm on my old version of Audacity, which is uh, 2.3.1, and uh, apparently the latest version actually has um, some privacy issues. So what does it do? Um, it, uh, I'll, I'll see if I can find the, um, the article and I'll, I'll shoot it to you oh. after recording. But it, it's basically, um, as part of the terms and conditions of the latest version, oh, okay. it's like, we can, you know, take anything you've recorded on Audacity and send it to the CIA and, um, stuff like that. Yeah. So a lot of people are well, not well, wanting as long to we use don't talk about version. doing anything to the CIA, so that's alright. No, it's only recording um, my side anyway. So, <laughs> well, that's um, true. I've been doing all. The, I've been um, firing up my uh, old Coral or Corel Video Studio Pro, which is <laughs> from 2012, and my laptop's from 2014 or 2013, and I've um, been editing some um, wrestling stuff lately. So, oh, yeah? so man, this stuff is working really well. So how come Audacity is so shit? It's like maybe it's just I've got this old version of Audacity, and my maybe my laptop isn't as bad as I think it is. So yeah, the edit, video editing has been working completely fine. So you think something like Audacity, which is just wave waveform audio files bullshit, like it should be a lot easier than it has been. So hopefully this fixes it all for me. Um. I've been playing Mass Effect Remastered Legendary Edition or whatever it's called. So I've been, um, I finished up Last of Us Part 2 and then I was, yep. then I started doing a new game plus and I did a few hours of that. It's like, I can't just keep doing this. <laughs> um, the Mass Effect trilogy is out. I'm just going to buy it full price and I know I love those games and haven't played for a long time and now it looks better and the frame rate doesn't drop and you you don't spend forever in the fucking elevators for the loading scenes <laughs> and then when you get out of an elevator you don't have all that pop in for like 10 seconds so like everything works as it should just smooth yeah everything looks nice um, your bloody uh, your teammates AI is fucking terrible uh, you're trying to shoot down a corridor and everyone keeps running in front of you and you can't shoot anything I'm playing it on the second hardest difficulty so it's, it's I've died a lot um, yeah, load times still exist, but you know they're manageable. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. not sure how they compare to the the original version. Just like death load screen kind of stuff like that. Yeah, but um, yeah, I'm gonna play through all three back to back to back, and uh, can't wait to see how like number two and number three look. Because number one looks mm. a lot better than it originally did, and those other games look good as far as I can remember. Yeah, there was. I remember there was a huge jump between one and two. Yeah in quality and not not as much between two and three but um yeah definitely a big jump um speaking of the number two we did not do our um degrees from hulk hogan for our movies last month yes and uh i i have subsequently done that okay so you want me to sort uh, of try to link it you can give me an actor and hogan and i'll see if i can do it all right, uh, Jennifer Lopez. Oh God! So this is for Anaconda, obviously. Yes, Jennifer Lopez. How many movie? What's how many in the link? Two. Is it going to come down to bloody? 
that Romeo, Nomeo and Juliet or whatever? No, it's not. Okay, because I'm not going to do any link to that because I haven't seen that movie. <laughs> oh, God, Jennifer Lopez. So there's only one between or is there two between? Uh, so Jennifer Lopez was in a movie with someone else yeah, and that person was in a movie with Hulk Hogan. Oh, my God. No, I can't. I haven't seen right. enough Jennifer Lopez movies to, to be able to make that. You might, have seen, you might have seen this one. Because uh, this wasn't a Jennifer Lopez movie, yeah. As as such, uh, she was in the animated movie Ants. Was she? Oh, okay, she was. Uh, along with a certain guy called Sylvester Stallone. Oh God, he was in that. Yep, and he played like a big um, sergeant ant. I think yeah. I could be wrong on that. Uh, who was in Rocky Three with Hulk Hogan? Oh, okay, of course. All right. And what was our other movie that we did? We did Spice World. Now, Spice World, I wasn't able to get a one. um, But um, there were so many actors that that did cameos in there, it would be quite easy to... um, Isn't Elton John in that Nomeo and Juliet? Well, let's check. Hang on. I feel like that would probably be the link. Uh, we might have to use IMDB for this. Yeah. Hang on. Uh, which 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 actor are you going to go through go from um, Spice World to get there? Um, I was going to use Meatloaf. Uh, so it's probably something via Rocky Horror Picture Show. No. Oh, okay. Um, is it via Blacktop or Black Dog? Nope. Oh, okay. um, but I mean, there, there's a few different. Fight Club? Nope. Oh, well, I don't know. I can't tell you any other movie I've seen him in. Okay, apparently he was in Wayne's World. Okay, that makes sense. I don't. don't remember it, but. Um, also in Wayne's World was um, Kurt Fuller who was in No Holds Barred with Hulk Hogan I've never seen that movie actually No Holds Barred? Yeah uh, I might have seen it at Friends Place like in the 90s on, on VHS or part of it it's before like and they had like those big thick um, wrestling toys at the time where you, yep. we could barely bend their limbs and they had the big the wrestling ring with the the blue ropes, did you ever have that? Or oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like my best, child, oh, yeah. my best friend in primary school was like his older brothers, and he had a bunch of them. And I just wasn't into wrestling at the time. Like I thought it was cool, like pull the wrestlers back on the on the ropes and sort of fling them around the ring. Like I did that, but I I didn't know who they were. Yeah, no, um, I remember as a primary school kid playing with those wrestling rings and the the various wrestling figures reenacting you know pay-per-view matches and um and stuff like that um somebody right. somebody that goes to the tcw shows actually makes those figures of the wrestlers and is making one of me oh cool and there's some photos Look, just continue talking and i'll i'll find the photo i messaged it to you about whatever you're not in there. Where is it? 
Huh. Elton John was not in Romeo and Juliet. Okay. But he wa- he did do some of the music for it. Uh, okay. So yeah, you could you could stretch it and say no Grammy uh, for that one. one. <laughs> um, but yeah, you, you can easily get a two with um, pretty much anybody. Um, yeah, it's not hard to get a rating of two with Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Some people just have those sort of key movies in their filmography that can um, get there quite easy. Yeah. With lots of famous people in it. And, um, yeah, I mean, the, the fact that um, Spice World had so many cameos, um, it's it's pretty easy to um, to match back. Uh, oh, I wonder. What are you What are you looking for? Uh, Stephen Fry. Oh, maybe he's that person that was in that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, he has a a number of two. Yeah. Um. Uh, but it all come. Ah. Uh, oh, there you go. Stephen Fry was in The Hobbit, The Battle of the Five Armies with Christopher Lee, who was in Gremlins 2, The New Batch with Hulk Hogan. Oh, yeah, Hulk Hogan has a very, very short cameo in some yeah. in some versions of the film. All the other all the other um, links seem to be Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, fuck that movie. <laughs> Maybe we need to watch it I, at some I point. I think we get young <laughs> to say that. Uh, anyway, should we get on with anything else? No, I think, I think we can move on to the, the first of two movies... Uh, that we're covering today, uh, The Rocketeer. Okay. To some, it was the fulfillment of a dream. To others, it was an instrument of destruction. A creation that could change the course of history. It was stolen from my factory. Where's the package? Tell the president. Tell me exactly why this merchandise is so important to the feds. It's a rocket. A rocket? Ow! What? What's the matter? I don't know. It's something under the seat. Oh, my. What are we got here? What are you supposed to do? Is a bomb or something? No. I wouldn't touch that if I were you. The Rocketeer, released in 1991, has it 6.5 out of 10 on IMDb. Um, has a 61 score on Metacritic. Um, we're stumbling our way around IMDb.com because they've completely changed their layout, so we might be a bit frazzled here. Directed by Joe Johnston, who has done a lot of good stuff. Uh, apparently this film is what helped get him the, uh, the gig as directing uh, Captain America, the first Avenger. Yeah. And, uh... Done... Chronicles of Narnia. Oh no, that's only announced so far. Um, what, the Wolfman, Jurassic Park three. Okay, that's I haven't seen that, but it's not so good. Apparently, um, Jumanji. Some uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. So there's some good stuff in there. He, not many directing credits, so he, but he, I feel like he's a visual effects guy that's done a lot of, a lot of things. Hmm. Um, yeah. Okay, now this is where we're struggling to find the way around. 
A young pilot stumbles onto a prototype jetpack that allows him to become a high-flying masked hero. So this was based on a comic book that's been around all the way since, like, what, 1982? I thought this was... When you said this was based on comic books, I thought this was going to be, like, something from, like, the 50s, like a some sort of, like, the Phantom kind of thing, like old, old, like, serial kind of, like, thing that would be, in, like, in newspapers. Mm-hmm. Did you... So what's your experience of... Knowing the Rocketeer, absolutely zero. Yeah. So, yeah. How did you find it to suggest it for the podcast? Uh, just just a good old fashioned Google search. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I went through because um, I was looking for comic book related movies that weren't your Marvel, DC, um, like super image well-known. comics. You know, your, your really well known ones. So. I mean, there's stuff like um, V for Vendetta was based on a graphic novel. Um, there were um, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World was based on a series of comic books. Um, there's you know, a whole bunch of ones that um, aren't superhero-y that um, are based on comics. Um, and then even things like... Um, Kick-Ass, um, for example, was done based on a um, comic book, and um, yeah, there's, there's so many of them. I think a lot of those just, you'd know that aren't like badly awesome movies. They're just awesome movies or just good movies. So was this more of a gamble because this is something that you had no idea about? Well, th- this was a bit of a box office flop, and it just looked a bit cheesy. Uh, like you see the stills of the mask that the guy, the helmet that the guy wears, and um, it, it just looked like it had the potential to be a bit of a, a cheesy B grade type thing. Yeah. Um, so and we neither of us had watched it. So no, we I'd seen thinking, it. Oh, no, you'd seen it, and you what you I didn't realise it was available. Yeah, because I tried looking for it a while ago, and before it'd been added to Disney Plus. Mm. Um, like this was like a, a childhood favorite of mine. Like I could like fondly remembered a lot of the scenes and would watch it. I think at, at my nan's place, I like, would rent it from the video store quite often. Um, as I excited to watch this movie again, and mm. so my experience of watching this movie was like, yeah, it's a good movie. Um, I wrote down two things because <laughs> it's like <laughs> this is not a bad movie. Like it's got a six point five. That's Definitely one solid. of definitely one yeah. of the highest ones that we've. It's like this is just a solid film you can watch with children, watch with significant other, like anybody, and you know there's like nothing in there that's that's bad. There's some visual effects where it's like okay, is on a blue screen, green screen, or whatever. That, there's that sort of stuff. But um, my notes are the nurse screaming at the body in the hospital. So. The body was just like sort of tied up, you know. You don't need a. You see a lot of dead bodies. You work in a hospital. It's like you're not gonna. It wasn't yeah. like ripped apart or anything. He was just sort of being strangled or something. You scream. That was a bit cheesy. And um, when the filming, like Neville Sinclair, who's a, played by Timothy Dalton, who is excellent in this movie, is yes. always excellent. Really being devilish, I guess. I don't know what term <laughs> you'd use. Something like that. Uh, like they're doing this whole um, was it like a Three Musketeers kind of movie thing? It was all like swords. No, it was uh, he. He was giving off a real um, 
to me anyway, like an Errol Flynn Robin Hood uh, yeah, yeah. type vibe for that movie. Yeah, yeah, it was like castles and swords and all that. Mm. That, that sort of stuff they're, like they're filming this huge uh, elaborate action scene and Jennifer Connelly's character is, is Jenny um, who's like a wannabe actress and she has this one line that she keeps stuffing up and then they're like oh reset I mean the filmmaking pro like this isn't going to be a film where it's like these huge long elaborate one one shot takes it's like just this is absolutely fucking ludicrous to expect that that's how movies are made yeah it's like oh yeah we're gonna like reset everything it's like you know just do like a a few second shot and then onto the next bit kind of thing it's like huge like really long minutes long action sequences and then it comes down to somebody blowing a line and they have to redo it all it's just uh, that took me out of the movie um yeah what did you think of the movie do you want to go through any of the plot (laughs) (laughs) um yeah look i mean the 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 big dot point that i had on there is i think it was something like about 40 minutes in before you actually got to see him use the bloody rocket yeah yeah we were easily halfway into the movie um the um the starting scene felt older than the rest of the movie i'm just trying to think of the right way to explain this so the movie starts with um, the main character test flying a racing plane, and yeah, they're doing the, I guess, maiden flight or, or the first flight of the season with it, and um, it then flies over a car chase between a couple of mob guys and a couple of cops, um, and there's you know, Tommy guns and. Um, people shooting out of windows and that felt very old school it just in the way it was done yeah not even the era it was set like because yeah everything was set in the one era in the, was it like but, the 50s because it was post uh, it was post world war Two, wasn't it and it's like oh the nazis are still about yeah I, I would have said 40s or 50s yeah um but um yeah it it felt pretty good for that era i would have said 40s um but I, I yeah, could could be wrong, uh, and that felt really just old school, even in the way it was shot. And then the rest of the movie, sort of after that first fifteen minutes or so, felt like it was a nineties action movie, nineties action <laughs> adventure movie. Oh yeah, yeah, nineties movie set in uh, pre yeah with, with a. You know, with just that particular era as the setting but the intro really was was nice I, I quite liked the first sort of 15 minutes with the car chase and um, and all that sort of stuff it, it worked really well so it might have felt uh, like that opening like they could have had like a cinematographer and like effects people like stunt coordinators that might have done those like movies from decades earlier and then the rest of the movie was done by other people that, that kind of feel yeah. you think could be yeah. yeah what do you think of uh billy campbell which is uh bruce campbell's cousin as cliff i mean i was go- i was gonna ask if they were related yeah they are <laughs> like yeah he's like very handsome good leading man who fell off the face of the earth in my opinion like mm-hmm. he's he's been in tv and stuff but like i've not seen anything that he's in before or since like he's like currently in some show that's been going for a few seasons so he's um he's got work but 
Mm. It's kind of odd that there's nothing really over, like big stuff happened with him. I, I think it's because he fits that role, but he doesn't stand out in that role. If that makes sense, yeah. Like he looks like the sort of person you would probably cast as a leading man, but he, you wouldn't remember him versus the next leading man. Like uh, Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man or Chris Evans as Captain America, that kind of thing. Yeah. With the, uh, the actor is just as big as the character. This is like, this guy yeah. is playing the Rocketeer, it's, but who is this yeah. guy? Yeah, like you could swap him out with three or four different people and it wouldn't have made any difference to the movie. Hmm. Um, but he's done the job. He's done the job. Um, but he doesn't have his own sort of real standout thing other than fitting into the role I'm shocked that they haven't re- tried to reboot this it's like it's mm. a property that I'm sure somebody yeah. has the license to and Hollywood's constantly like re- remaking stuff all the time and this like it has a name people will be familiar mm. with the name um, I thought there was a cartoon series that was being made for it. Uh, I think I might have seen something about it. But I'm just surprised like there's yeah. nothing big has been attempted. Yeah, like, you know, like they did Point Man Break. Too. There's like a Point Break bloody remake that yeah. years ago. And so, why not this? Um, let's talk about the cast. There's Alan Arkin as well. Yep. He's uh, got a big role as, a, as Cliff's mate who works on the... Pl- Are you there? I just heard a noise. No, I'm here. Okay, I just had a pop-up on the screen. It's um, Audacity saying, we're coming after you, motherfucker. <laughs> uh, Timothy Dalton, as mentioned before. We've got Terry O'Quinn, who's in a lot of stuff. He's uh, best known as John Locke from Lost, I think, probably. Yes. As uh, as Howard Hughes. I didn't realise he was playing Howard Hughes until the very end when he's, um, I think, they yeah, got I, in the I car think or in something. The first, <laughs> in the first scene that they had him in, they really didn't say who the character was. Oh, okay. It wasn't until Cliff met him later on. He goes, "Oh yes, Mister Hughes. Everyone knows who you are." Ah, oh, okay, yeah. And it's like, ah, oh, okay. Well, that's who he's supposed to be, right? Well, that makes perfect, you know, and it makes perfect sense. But he just doesn't get introduced. Yeah, yeah. Then there's probably like four or five other guys in this, like mobster kind of like character actors who you won't know. Yep. You won't don't know their actors' names, but you've seen them in so many things. There's yes. a bunch of those guys in this movie. There are a lot. Yeah. Who was the actor that played the big, like, monster dude? Yeah. Um, I don't know what that character was, but I was like, do I know this guy from something? Yeah, he doesn't look anything like that. Um, yeah, heavy prosthetics. He kind of playing yeah. like a Jaws kind of character from Bond, but without the, the metal Jaws. Like, he was a big lurch kind of dude. I, I think I found him quite scary as a Lofa? kid, actually. I think the character's name was Lothar. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, he's been in a couple of things, but it doesn't look like he's had anything too sort of um, memorable. Uh, let's see, yeah, that's him there. Uh, he was in some Star Trek. Um, is he actually really tall, or is it just sort of made out to look that way? Uh, let's find out. What you say his name was Lothar? I can't even find him in the... Right near the bottom. Oh, really? The, the guy's name is Tiny Ron. He was in Roadhouse. Okay. Um, 
Let's see here. Yeah, yeah, he's seven foot. Oh wow. Oh yeah, he also played one of the um good, oh, good old boy. L- yeah. In this. He played uh L, the tall guy in um police squad. So th- there's a good I don't know if you've ever watched any of the police squad stuff. No. It's what um Ace Ventura, he's in there as well. Yeah, yeah. Um but yeah, he's just yeah, a big dude. Um so you would have seen him but you wouldn't have recognised him, sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um I think this is probably the most screen time he's had. Hmm. Um well, I could be completely wrong, I'm just making that up. <laughs> yeah, forget that. <laughs> okay. Uh anything else from the movie like um uh... I remember, like, the Zeppelin turning up at the end, like the whole Nazi blimp thing. Yeah. So, where did they just have this thing hiding? It just, like, come up over, like, the uh, observatory or whatever with, like, the Nazi insignia, everything all over it. It's like, how? Oh, yeah, it was not subtle in the slightest. (laughs) Where was this thing hiding that nobody is like, oh, fuck, the Nazis are here. Uh, So, I thought that was pretty funny. Um, Yeah. And then the whole Hollywood land. Oh, that's how it got turned into the Hollywood sign at the very end. Yes. So, yeah. Movie was good. Uh, I don't know what yeah. to say about it. What's your... How do you want to score this? So this this would be like a five, oh, I guess, out of... Yeah, th- th- this is straight in that um, four, five, six category. Um, right down the middle, I'm just going to give it a, a five. Yeah. I'm, and you, do you recommend people check it out? Like if they just wanted oh. a movie that's just a good movie that they might have missed it's, in the it's not a, yeah it, it's not a bad choice it's not going to offend anyone it's got a couple of good scenes the f- period from about 15-20 minutes in to about 40 minutes in is a bit slow um, but the rest of it is paced pretty well um, yeah and yeah, it's got some decent. Yeah, it's a good one to go. Oh, I've seen that person in something. Because um, basically everyone from the the waitress at the diner to Howard Hughes to the mobsters have been in something that you've seen. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'd I'd say it's definitely worth uh, watching, um, especially if you want something that isn't going to cause any issues like yeah you, know, you could put the i could put this on for my kids and they wouldn't mind it and there wouldn't be anything inappropriate for them to see and i could put it on for my wife and she wouldn't get too bored and um so on and so on yeah it, it, it's a good generic movie absolutely yeah and that's but, the rocketeer yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah just just very different from our normal kind of movies. It's just uh, it was just it was just too much of a normal movie. <laughs> yeah, but you get those sometimes. So now it's now. Yes. Oh, um, the Hulk Hogan factor. Okay. All right. Who are you working from here? Um, one of the character, one of the uh, actors in this movie was uh, the younger brother of uh, actor and director Ron Howard. Which is a, a guy by the name of Clint Howard. Yeah. Um, and when I say the movie you would know him from, I think you're going to work out what the um, 
The factor is. Okay. What what's the movie? Santa with muscles. <laughs> oh, okay. Very very quick one there. <laughs> uh, I can't say I'm familiar with Clint Howard. Yeah. Uh, uh, he looks a little bit like Ron Howard, but with more prominent teeth. I'm looking at the picture. He looks like a like a cowboy kind of guy. And, and a bit more of a yeah. Well, look, he is in Solo, and he's in Apollo 13. Geez, I wonder how he got those gigs. <laughs> Does he only get in um, movies that he probably directs, perhaps? Uh, it's got over 200 Fuck me. Things. 248 yeah. credits. Jesus. Yeah. I'm just just skimming just through Just need a body on, uh, on camera, I guess. Yeah. He's been on everything from... Oh, my God. Oh, he was the voice of Rue in Winnie the Pooh. Uh, it was in you see this Con- the original... Connect Star Wars Girly Vader. He's in... What the hell is that? Is that... Is in a Connect? Like Xbox Connect, is in. He plays general in Connect Star Wars Girly Vader. Like, is this like a porn parody or what? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> what year was that? It's only it's one of his top one, two thousand twelve. Huh. It's got three people in the cast. I have no idea what this is. Anyway. Alright, let's move on to Tank Girl because you're on a time limit, I think. Yep. Okay. It's the year 2033. There's no law. No mercy. You're gonna really love this one. And no water. There are three million liters of water underneath the blue dunes, and you will retrieve it. The odds of survival are a thousand to one. And that's just the way she likes it. Hi, my. Talented, isn't she? Hi, feeling a little inadequate? She'll be fun to break. I like pain. Tank Girl it has, was released in 1995. It's an R-rated film. How about that? Has a 5.4 out of 10 on IMDb and has a 46 on Metacritic. So both scores down a little bit compared to The Rocketeer. I had seen this before a couple times, at least once or twice in the past. Uh, how about yourself? I had watched it several times when it first came out um, much like the Rocketeer with you this is one that I regularly borrowed from uh, my local VHS store um, read one or two of the comics um, was not someone who collected Tank Girl comic books but um, after watching the movie I tracked down one or two of them and um, and uh, had a bit of a read through them Uh but oh man, I, I just love this film. It's <laughs> silly. It's um, a lot of fun. It's over the top. Um, Laurie Petty's awesome in it. Malcolm McDowell is awesome in it. Um, Ice T is in it. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, and uh, and I love the f- soundtrack. There there aren't many movies where I. Um, really get into the soundtrack but this this is definitely one of them 
Well, the synopsis quickly is, uh, A girl is among the few survivors of a dystopian Earth riding a war tank. She fights against the tyranny of a mega corporation that dominates the remaining portable water supply of the planet. Um, so, based off an old comic strip, which I feel like it's probably going to be older than um, the other ones, is... Did they get released in like normal comic book fashion or are they all thicker, bigger ones? Because my girlfriend has three of them and they're like not just like normal comic book size. I don't know if it's yeah, like they'd, a, they'd be graphic novels. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's that's what I picked up. But generally what happens is um, comics will be issued month by month and they'll tell a story over a period of time. Mm. And then they'll collate that whole story into one thicker graphic novel that tells the whole story that you can just pick up. Yeah. So yeah, g- generally, if you find a graphic novel, it's going to be a collection of the monthly issues. Um, yeah, g- generally speaking. I really like the art style in them. Like it's mm-hmm. black and white. In the in the movie, there is like the animated, coloured sequences that sort of link between scenes and on this rewatch i think i might have like i kind of wished the whole movie was animated in a way like yeah i had watched this once or twice before and i remember like when you said oh do this movie i was like oh yay and then i'm watching it's like not as good as i remember (laughs) but (laughs) I, i hadn't watched it back in the 90s or anything i'd only watched it for the first time maybe five six years ago something like that so it wasn't like a childhood movie for me. Like how soon after release did you watch it? Um, probably as a new release on the VHS shelves. Oh, okay. So 96, 97. I remember um, this This is when I was at uni. Yeah. Because um, it came out in 95. I started university in 95. And so, yeah, it would have been a new release movie when I was a uni student which explains why I had time to actually watch it so yeah. many times yeah. I'll go over the things I've written down quickly I've gone yeah in Australia a question mark <laughs> and so yes it is it does take place in Australia then far as I can tell yeah um, I mean the whole world is destroyed but because you've got um, kangaroos people kangaroo people and de- and Naomi um, Watts <laughs> And they have what? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, it seems to be set in Australia. Yeah. Um, what I've written down: she's better in this than Point Break <laughs> about Laurie Petty. Because I watched, I think we watched um, Point Break back like the day before I watched this with my girlfriend as well. But she like Point Break's her favourite movie, I think. Um, they've written down minute, mini, mini, uh, miniatures, or miniatures. It's like. I thought all that stuff looked really good. In the, it was really obvious that they're using the miniatures for the or like buildings exploding and all that sort of stuff. But it still looked cool. Like it reminds me of like Aliens and those sort of films where they, they've used them really well. I've written down musical number, and I remember thinking this was absolutely hilarious back the first time I watched it. But watching it this time, it's like oh man, I really built this up in my head. It was still good. Like it was notable. <laughs> shift in tone where it's just it was just ridiculous yeah. <laughs> like breaking the fourth wall and looking at the camera and and why is everybody just like oh yeah we know this whole dance routine kind of thing where they've broken into whatever that like the strip club or whatever you want to call it 
in the city um, there? I think it was supposed to be a high class brothel. Yeah, okay. And then everyone just like starts doing a dance. So I thought that was fun. I've written down cable on back of kangaroo. Did you spot this? When the there's the whole big raid, the big action sequence, like in the facility, oh, they're doing the massive jumps. Yeah, and you can just clear as anything. See the cable on the back of one of them going up out of shot. I I missed that, but I'm notorious for not noticing. Okay. Yeah, I normally I normally don't see those things, but like it stood out so much, so I was like, oh, <laughs> rewind. <laughs> and then I've written down Tiny Tina inspiration. Like, do you think Tank Girl was an inspiration for the Tiny Tina character from? Borderlands. Uh, it would not surprise. Or me. just the tone of uh, maybe this move, maybe Tank Girl, the movie or the the franchise is possibly a inspiration on on that character. Or mm. Tiny Tina has, has watched too much Tank Girl. I guess all of Borderland is kind of a bit Tank Girlish, isn't it? It really is. Yeah. I, I think it, it does feel like. I mean, it, it technically it's an. Um, alien world but it really feels like a post-apocalyptic setting yeah yeah mm. um but yeah look, th- this has, was just a great movie um Malcolm McDowell makes a really really good bad guy um the the bit that really broke it for me though um and th- there was one scene that made me suspend my disbelief uh, that just broke broke that, um, and that was right the fight scene right near the end, because um, about halfway through the movie, Malcolm McDowell's character gets attacked by the Rippers, and he sustains massive facial damage and gets one of his arms ripped off. Yep, and you see, you know, Doctor Claw style from Inspector Gadget, lots of scenes where you can't see his face, but you can see his robotic arm and then we get to the end and there's the big fight between him and tank girl and she goes to punch him in the head and his entire head is a hologram okay where's his brain yeah i know (laughs) where are his eyes how does that work it just that that bit broke me like so james james hong is there to perform the surgery isn't he Yeah. yeah that's funny um, you know, I'm, I'm down for the fact that, you know, it hasn't rained for three years. There's mutant kangaroos and, um, tank girl can pimp out her, um, tank with, you know, all those accessories, including like a lawn chair, um, and parachute down. Yeah. All of that's fine. Yeah. It doesn't break my disbelief at all. Uh, it's, it's the trying to punch the hologram. That, that's what broke me. What about when they stick like the plastic water bottles onto people's bodies and it sucks all the moisture out so people can drink the water? Science. That, that's <laughs> it fine. can be explained. I'm sure Star Trek have done it before. Yeah. But the, the thing is, they just go, we've developed this thing. This is what it does. Shunk. Ooh, that's nasty. So Moving on. So if there was a scene where they explained the hologram head, it would get a pass? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, not... But, uh, yeah, I mean... It just doesn't seem to work. But um, other than that, yeah, the rest of it, it's just a fun ride. I mean, as far as I'm aware, Tank Girl has no formal military training, has no superpowers, nothing like that. But she can 
you know, jump onto a parachute from the back of her tank and snipe people with an Uzi from uh, from the air before making a perfect landing and not get shot. Um, yep, that that's that's fine. Her luck st- luck statistic is quite high, I think. Absolutely, that, that's her um, special ability. Yeah, like Domino from um, um, the Marvel universe. Yes. Yeah. Oh, Fox, uh, X Men, or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's Deadpool. So yeah, the Deadpool ones. Oh well, yeah, De- Deadpool. So it's Marvel universe, I think, yeah. rather than Fox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, time for to do the score. Or do you want to like mention anything else that you really like, or things that don't don't like for it? Uh, there were a couple of trivia things. Um. Uh, I saw see. there was one like they'd spent some money on making a um, prosthetic kangaroo dick that didn't get used in the movie after she bangs one of them yeah uh, five grand for a prosthetic penis for Booger yeah <laughs> I was thinking like, uh, that, like the actor for Booger was like man this guy seems so familiar then I looked him up I was like oh man yeah I've seen this guy in heaps of stuff <laughs> yeah um, what do you, how do you think Naomi Watts fared in this quite an early role for her I don't know what else she was doing around this time yeah um, it's weird with black hair that's sort of the only way I, re- I remember her yeah um, but um, yeah she was pretty good the oh um, so you had Tank Girl you had um, Naomi Watts's Jet Girl there was actually also Sub Girl and that got recorded and didn't make the final cut but when they break into a place and there's a crazy woman there that ends up letting them decorate their tank and jet and stuff so it doesn't look too military Mm. um she actually had a a sand sub that could go under the sand and was supposed to come in in the final battle and help out and and stuff like that but that all got cut um, and that was um, one of the Cusacks. Anne Cusack. Um, yeah, I'm looking it up. Yeah. Not, not familiar with her. Yeah. Uh, she hasn't been in as much as the other ones. Yeah. I think I was talking about John Cusack yesterday, actually. I was like, man, I haven't seen John Cusack in anything for a long time. Maybe he got sick of playing the same character in every fucking movie. <laughs> <laughs> he was in um, Gross Point Blank, which I remember was... Um, was from memory was quite good but it's been so long since I saw yeah. it um yeah so alright let's let's do um scores do you want to explain the score again because we didn't do it on sure. we didn't do it on the first movie so yeah, yeah. <laughs> didn't really need to for the first movie because it was like a straight five sort of run of the mill so um we have our special ranking system just because I like to make things complicated and it is on a scale of 1 through to 9 rather than 1 through to 10. A 1, 2, and 3 is just a bad movie. A 4, 5, or 6 is a regular range for a movie. So your Hollywood blockbusters, your Academy Award winning films, your midday matinee movies all sort of fit in that five, uh, 4, 5, 6. And then seven, eight, and nine are the movies that are elevated above 
a regular old ordinary movie like Casablanca or you know Terminator 2 Judgment Day you know the ordinary stuff uh, and uh, that wonderful so bad that it's good movies and that's where we rank sort of a 7, 8 and 9 uh, Ben what would you like to to score this one? I think it's an 8 you're going to go 9 aren't you? No, I'm not actually. You're not gonna go nine. No, I mean I love the movie on on my standard, yeah, you know, on a standard five star scale or one to ten, absolutely, yeah. spot on. Love this movie and um, we'll give it top marks every time. But um, yeah, I, I'd say um, oh, will I give it a nine? Ah, fuck, I'm giving it a nine. Yeah, I feel like it's a, it's a eight. Seven, maybe it's a seven and a half, because it didn't hit as much as I thought. Yeah, I'm going to go seven and a half. I don't think I've done yep. that before. That's fine. Like, it wasn't bad at being a bad, the awesome movie. It just uh, it wasn't quite to my tastes. Yeah. I think it used to be when I was younger. But I'm looking at... <laughs> um, John Cusack's filmography. Like, literally, like, his last eight movies were all direct-to-video. <laughs> Oh. The last 2015 did Dragon Blade, which was released in China. That's a movie with Jackie Chan. Okay. Like that was a movie that I heard of. And then um, Drive Hard. Who's that with? That's with Thomas Jane. He's a director VOD as well. Man, yeah. going back pretty far. The last major movie that he did. Oh my god! Like going back to like. 2010, I think. <laughs> to something of note, really. Yeah, he's got a lot of director v- yeah. VOD on um, filmography on uh, Wikipedia. So, hopefully he can make a comeback. Tarantino should put him in his next movie. Make people remember him again. Why not? Yeah. Alright, so next month... Are we on to the next month? Oh, no. No, uh, no we have the... Um, the... Um, Levels from Hulk Hogan. Oh, I thought we did that. No? No, okay. no, we haven't done that. All right. Which, like, I'm not getting any better at this, so maybe you should just tell me. <laughs> I feel like it's Malcolm McDowell. He'll get there pretty easy. Yep, yep. Uh, Malcolm McDowell is the one I have up in front of me now, and he has a Hulk Hogan number of two. Okay. So he was in something and with somebody, and that somebody was in something with Hulk okay, Hogan. Okay, so give me the first movie, the first link. Uh... Halloween 2 oh, I've never seen it so I couldn't tell you who's that's who's the person that links from that Weird Al Yankovic is he in that movie <laughs> apparently was he like uncredited on the t- they're watching him on TV or something I I don't know uh, let's I'm, I'm curious now and then so obviously it's Spy Hard yes yeah They listened to one of his songs on the fucking on a cassette player or something. Uh, let's see, Halloween two. Jamie Lee Curtis. Does it say if he's like a as actor or producer or like when you do those links? Does it say what kind of role they have in them, in whatever movie? 
Uh, not not in the the site I'm using. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I don't see him listed there. Interesting. All right. However, it does have a nice little button that lets you go find a different link. So, uh, ah, he was also in Get Crazy with Clint Howard. <laughs> okay. And then so that then Santa has the uh, Santa with Muscles links. Okay. Well, uh, this Clint Howard guy has been in 248 movies, so you can always probably go <laughs> by him. He's worked with a uh, few people. All right. Malcolm McDowell was in Mr. Magoo with Leslie Nielsen, uh, Spy who Hard. was in Spy Hard. Yep. There you go. There's a nice Spy nice Hard. That could be a good movie one. to. Have you seen Spy Hard? I have not. I remember. I think it was you know it's very much like the Naked Gun kind of kind of a film. Yeah. You know, sort of slapstick, funny Zucker Brothers kind of uh, films. Um, wouldn't mind doing that at some point. But I actually do have two films that I saved. Uh, mm-hmm. Did you? Was RRPD one of your backups before? It was. Okay, but now that you've mentioned um, Spy Hard, let's just check if it's anywhere. Um, it's on Disney Plus. Okay, so we're going to do Spy oh. Hard. And let me just check my screenshots because I, I saved it. Uh, what was the other one? Movie 43, which I've never seen, and apparently it's quite bad. Do you know what Movie 43 is? No. I think it's got like. It's a bunch of like short skits or something with all like, you know, blockbuster like Halle Berry, Hugh Jackman, like everybody kind of thing. Oh, that sounds terrible. Yeah. I don't know if there's a connective (laughs) plot. Like, I don't know what it's about. I think it was meant to be bad, but it's on um, Prime Video Streaming. Yeah, it's on Prime and Netflix apparently. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we've got Movie 43 and Spy Hard. Alrighty. No worries. Alright, time to... Cool. Wrap this so it looks, looks like a pair of comedies, so should should be at all least right. one of them will actually be comedic. <laughs> the other <laughs> one could just be bad. Yeah. All right, is it time to say farewell? I think it is. All right. Um, so it's goodbye from uh, Ben and myself, and we will catch you next month. All right. Keep it sleazy, lemon squeezy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bye. bye.